Hi, I'm Alex Kaola, and you're listening to Intuition Calling, the podcast designed to help you self-actualize. My background as a corporate leader turned professional intuitive and executive coach has provided me with a ton of insight into the process of understanding human potential, growth, and the pursuit of our calling. I believe that in order to navigate our path with confidence, we have to strengthen the resonance of our intuition so that when it calls you, you're ready to answer. Each episode, I answer your questions, either solo or with another intuitive leader. You can write in with your questions to me on Instagram at High Priestess of Brooklyn. Now, let's start our call. Hi. Welcome to the first episode of Intuition Calling. I am so glad that you're here. Glad that we have this space together. And I'm really excited to have this jumping off point to incredible conversations that will inevitably come as a result of just opening up this channel. My name is Alex. I am an intuitive astrologer and executive coach. And I have been running my business, High Priestess of Brooklyn, for uh, coming up on four years now. It'll be four years in October. And I've been full-time as an intuitive for the past almost three years. And within that, I've held multiple different positions to really sit in community with other people, with teams, with businesses. There's nothing I've loved more than podcast. If you're an OG, then you know I did have a podcast before (laughs) with my friend Erica. It was called Priestesses Prescribe. We started it in 2020. We ran it for about a year and a half, and it was incredible. We did really great work together. We were so proud of it. But it really was born out of um, like this cool relationship. And we thought we'll do kind of a forecast podcast and, and it'll be great. And there wasn't a ton of strategy or thought past that. And so when I hit a point in my life where I was very overwhelmed, um, it was hard for me to manage and hold that that space, continuing to hold that space. And I won't speak for Erica, but I think it just kind of naturally had gotten to this inflection point where we didn't know how to hold it anymore. So I did have I did have a podcast and it was amazing. And so I've always felt like, okay, what would it look like if we could do it again, if I could do it again? And I've just had that in kind of the back of my mind. I've also totally rebelled against the idea of having a podcast because um, it failed, quote unquote, once. And so who am I to? Imposter thoughts. I'm sure many of you relate to that. So that, that's been my experience with podcasts. I, I had one briefly before that, but I won't even mention 
I don't, it doesn't really deserve to be in the conversation. It was very early on before I even started my business. So basically I've started things and a pattern for me is like starting things and like not totally understanding strategically where it's supposed to go. And I think that that's not a bad thing. It's actually served me really well. But it, it podcasts are a lot of work to maintain and do really well and with a lot of integrity. And so if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well. And if I don't have space for it in my life, you know, then it, it just can't happen. So that brings us to now. That backstory is important because I just really love this medium. I find it to be a really wonderful way to connect with with people to really answer or have deep and meaningful conversations beyond social media. And that is public in a way that um, my sessions are not. So there's this like gap, I think, with let's say content, but let's really say conversations that a podcast can really do super well. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, then you already know. Podcasts are great. (laughs) We really love them. So that's where I'm at with the medium. The point for this show is to really help people identify their intuitive voice, listen in and practice listening to that intuitive voice, and then dialing up the resonancy of the intuitive voice. It is um, primarily work that I do with my clients. And again, like I said, there's just such meaningful conversations that come out of a lot of those sessions that don't totally have a place anywhere else other than conversations like this in a medium like this. So I'm really excited to sort of share things that come out of sessions, but also this is a call and response podcast. So to ask me a question, to ask a question um, of also, I'll have intuitive leaders on this podcast as well, um, to see how does intuition show up for me? How would I go about educating you on listening to yours beyond just a session? So I wanted to do this podcast as a way to just sort of access this information. And I personally love audiobooks and podcasts as a way to practice intuitive work. Um, I think I've really benefited from free information in the past. So this is also another way to give back and really sort of create a, a larger, um, impact. Um, so with all that said, the first question, and it actually did come from my community, and the community for now is going to live on High Priestess of Brooklyn, which is my handle on Instagram, and I did create a another handle, so eventually we'll switch over to there once we build that out a little bit more, but for now, um, I just sort of ask that people ask me questions there. I open up the chat box usually weekly, but it's kind of whenever I intuitively feel like it. (laughs) So you'll have to wait and see. Um, But the first question is, what is intuition? Period. Question mark, actually, I should say. Uh, So that's a great, great place to start. Intuition 
by definition is a power or faculty of attaining direct knowledge or cognition without evident rational thought and inference. And B is an immediate apprehension or cognition. So right off the bat, what intuition you can infer by this definition, which is official, is that intuition is intangible and somewhat elusive and it it is um, knowledge-based. So when we receive an intuitive call, um, a gut uh, feeling, um, when we trust our gut, those are all ways to access intuitive information. We can also receive intuitive knowing um, that doesn't feel like anything in the body necessarily, but is just like a snap understanding. So I think this definition does really well, but of course within this, there's so many more questions that it that it brings up. So the first way that I want to kind of tackle this is to put the disclaimer on that everyone's intuition and intuitive voice is different and completely unique, which makes it so important to figure out what yours sounds like and how it works for you. And a big way to start doing that is just to observe. So one of the really beautiful things about intuitive knowing is that if you wait long enough, if you're patient enough, you will get um, evidence. (laughs) You will get evidence to back up your intuitive knowing. It might not be right away and it might not be in the timeline that you hope for, but it almost always does come. And so the thing that I blanket tell everyone when I'm working with them is to start to document your intuitive hits, your intuitive knowledge, like what comes up for you and when it comes up and how it comes up. Like first and foremost, where are you? Where are you? (laughs) Where, when, how, why, what? (laughs) I did that backwards, but this is like you're a journalist now. You're an investigator and it's your job to really think about how is this information coming through for me? Um, You'll also see when you dig a little bit into intuition and um, extrasensory information, which is related to intuition, there are four main clairs. There aren't only four. There are like hundreds of different ways that this can come through for us. Not to make it more confusing for you, but I do think like starting with the four can be helpful and then kind of developing from there. So those four clairs are clear cognition, clear knowing, clairvoyance, clear seeing. You've probably heard that one a lot uh, because it's pretty much synonymous with um, psychics. Clear audience, clear hearing, and clear sentience, which is clear feeling. So within these, we can actually go into each one. 
know that you can double click on each one and there's going to be different ways that those will come forward. And there's also more. So we're starting with the four main. Why? Um, you got to get a handle on it. <laughs> there's like so many different places to start with this, but I do think um, we've probably all, you've probably all experienced one or all of these. And so this is also to validate your experience and say like, yes, you are having an intuitive knowing. You are experiencing extrasensory information. So clear cognition is clear knowing. That would be that feeling of having a download or just knowing something about someone. Um, for me, claircognition is really quite strong because I spent many years interviewing people. Claircognition turned on for me when people were talking. I could almost get like this knowing of the subtext of what they were saying without them saying it. And it was one of the major ways that intuition turned on for me. And that is also a really elusive one because you, and these are all kind of elusive to a certain extent, but they're hard to explain. So it's hard to explain to say like, oh, I just know this, right? That's why that evidence, like I mentioned before, can be really helpful. So let's say you meet someone and you just get a weird feeling. You're like, I just kind of know that they are not who they say they are, that their character is off. Um, and you have to, it, you could tell people about it, right? And then you would say, I don't know how I know that. And people would say, okay, it seems like you're judging. And that you have to be careful with that a little bit. And I do recommend kind of keeping some of this information close to the vest, putting it somewhere like a journal or a notes app or a voice note, but maybe not broadly sharing it unless you have a posse that you feel like you can be totally open and honest about this stuff and they're not going to judge you or judge the information. But that you might get evidence later. And like I said, nine times out of 10, it does come. Next up, clairvoyance. So clairvoyance is clear seeing and that's psychic seeing. That can come about in multiple different ways as well, but I think and this is this can I'm going to reframe it because I used to always say clairvoyance is not my strongest, which kind of solidifies that it, it won't won't be because words are a bond. <laughs> but clairvoyancy is like you know, seeing auras or seeing um, distinct uh, timelines or seeing distinct uh, spirit in our in our mist. It can also be, and chemo has really helped me learn this for myself. It can also be having clear foresight, having clear understanding of what something could look like for someone else. For example, um, in our work together, when we first started working together, I was like, you just like must be on social media. What you're doing has to be shared in a broad way. And I could really see, you know, something like TikTok working out for you. And I could see like now looking back on it, I could see that success um, like in my mind's eye. It wasn't like it physically showed up for me, but then, you know, if you know chemo at all, um, you know, he absolutely blew up on TikTok. I'm not saying I predicted that, but I um, well, I guess I could say that. <laughs> um, I kind of like, I, I like at, 
acted as a catalyst for him and because he could probably see it too. And some, we just have blind spots for ourselves. So that's why it's really helpful to have that posse. Like I mentioned before, if you don't have one yet, that's okay. You, you have me now. Um, so, you know, and then there's, you know, mediums like Laurel and Jackson who often describe when they sit with clients, uh, um, having like a widescreen TV that comes up and, and then spirit sits in that position and kind of directs, um, so that's a really wonderful way that intuition can come forward. Um, the third is clear audience, which is clear hearing. Um, and that is like hearing a word, um, wanting to particularly choose a certain word that comes into your head. Um, it might sound like a thought. It might sound like your voice. It might sound like another voice. Um, and that can be a really... It, it can also turn on in other ways like that means like listening to something would activate some sort of intuition or knowing for you. So another reason why I really love podcasts and audiobooks is because oftentimes I'll be in a meditative state like a walk and I'll be listening to something and then something else will come through that has like maybe something to do with what I'm listening to, maybe not, and like activate a different um, intuitive thought or knowing or download. So it's like the clear hearing of, it could even be within somebody else's, um, voice or somebody else's story or somebody else's information. And then the fourth is clear sentience, which is uh, clear feeling. And that can be, and I really feel like this is totally connected to that gut intuition. Um, I also love, coaching people on using their body as a pendulum of sorts. Um, my energy healer, Allison, who I worked with uh, really maybe like a year and a half ago, pretty, her name's Allison Abercrombie. Uh, I worked with her very closely um, to work on healing my body. And she helped me learn energy testing, which is basically just using your body as a pendulum, holding up something that you're about to eat, um, something that you're about to ingest like a supplement and holding it up to the gut or the mind or wherever it's meant to go and seeing if your body moves forward or backward, which was yes, forward and no backward for me. So seeing if your body's like moving into it or not, it was so helpful to learn how to retrain my clear sentience. And so this could be getting the chills. This could be, again, having that gut feeling, feeling like you don't want to go somewhere and your body like moves you back. Um, it, it happens in all sorts of different ways. But the reason why I mention Allison is because the trust of my clairsentience or my clear knowing when it came to something like my health or it came to something like my body had to be retrained. And this is true for any clear information, even the ones we haven't spoken about yet, but just intuition in general and why, again, I'm doing this, having this conversation with you right now and, and starting this podcast is that we have been trained to not trust ourselves. This is societal, of course. <laughs> this is conditioning. Um, but 
I'll take it all the way back to childhood. This is a perfect example that I use all the time that was true for me and why I needed to be retrained on clairsentience. I didn't know when I was hungry. I didn't know when I was meant to eat because I was hungry and I needed fuel or when I wanted to comfort myself. And that was because not completely my mother's fault, but it was because I was made to sit and finish my meal at the dinner table, whether or not I was still hungry. That was a large part of it. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. Like there are starving children in Africa type um, uh, authority. (laughs) And it trains you out of understanding if you're hungry or not. So intuitive eating, I know many of you have probably gone through that process. Um, It is mine. It is very, very, very enlightening. Um, But I also started to use food as a means to comfort myself. And that was in childhood as well. If I was, say, going to be home alone, letting myself in, I would just eat. I would just binge eat what was in the fridge. That was almost like suggested to me by my mother who does the same thing as like if you need comfort, like eat. And so that was also really ingrained in me. So, I mean, lo and behold, this isn't this isn't going to be like a <laughs> this isn't going to be about this. But, uh, you know, can you see why people why I developed an eating disorder? <laughs> I had no idea. I was not in tune with my body at all. And in fact, I used food as a substance to escape. So it's only rightfully so that I needed a little bit of help and guidance to get connected in again. And now I I would say I have a really healthy relationship with food, knowing when I'm hungry, knowing when I'm eating to comfort myself, you know, and that just came with time and documentation and like really exerted effort (laughs) um, to trust again. So the reason why I bring this up is because this is a perfect example of being trained out of our intuition. And it's really common. And I'm also not going to say that it's all our parents and authority figures faults because this is what they knew as well. Um, but you know, just thinking about the level of trust you have for yourself and, and, and in relationship to your programming. So if the eating example doesn't resonate with you, think about school. Most of us went through at least what, like 12 years of continuous schooling, maybe more probably more. And a big part of school is rules. And a big part of school is structure. And I've always said that, especially with college, um, that it taught me how to manage my time. It taught me how to, to live on my own, to have autonomy, to um, create my own structure and rules for myself to get things done. Um, I don't know how much I learned about communication, although, because I went to school for communications, although the full circle, this is communications. I did, I did learn how to 
to do that. So, um, you know what? Full circle. I, I take it back. All my schooling was purposeful. Um, but there's, uh, there's a quote in Rick Rubin's book, the creative act that is about the fact that school was more meant to teach us rules and structure and adhering to the authority rather than cultivating creativity and creativity and intuition go hand in hand. So if you felt intuitively like you needed to go to the bathroom or you felt intuitively like you wanted to write or create something or paint, you had to ask for permission. You couldn't just, unless you went to Montessori, which I didn't, um, And that was probably only for a very short period of time. But you were, somebody else was in charge. And nine times out of 10, if you expressed in a very individualized or creative fashion, you you probably got detention at a certain point. (laughs) I went to an all-girls school, so I definitely got quite a few detentions for things like wearing open-backed shoes. Now, that was because... I could have fallen down the stairs. Um, I could have tripped and fallen because my shoes weren't properly on my bed. Sure. Like I could see one use case, maybe two use cases of of why we need to have closed-toed shoes or closed-back shoes. That's what, God, this is a little bit triggering. (laughs) Just kidding. It wasn't that big of a deal. I didn't get that many detentions, but I was a really good rule follower. Um... And so, you know, that I got slapped on the wrist and I learned my lesson and, and how many of you are like great rule followers, overachievers, you know, like thinking about, oh, I didn't want to step out of line. I wanted to get good grades, get recognition. We were rewarded for great academic work. Yes. But within the confines of structure and the structure that was delineated by the powers that be. And so to to question that, to go against that was honestly more trouble than it was probably worth. And whether or not you were thinking about that cognitively depends on your age. So some people had the experience of being extremely rebellious in high school and I or call or, you know, whatever age it was. And those people are probably like the most creative (laughs) very, very in tune with their intuition and maybe don't need this podcast, right? Like maybe they've been, you know, they've been in touch for many years. And so it doesn't totally resonate um, that they don't trust themselves, right? So I just think that trusting your gut, trusting your intuition is so much broader than this the way that we've framed it as a society now, you know, intuition and creativity and therefore, you know, divinity is really revered and maybe not everywhere, but, you know, people being intuitive or being empathic is something that we see a lot more these days. And I think that it's so wonderful to see how people embrace that and how people have developed those skill sets But I also want to give credence to those who might not identify with that and why that is. Like, I'm a millennial. Our generation wants to know why. 
<laughs> why are you like this? Why don't you trust your intuition? It, 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 maybe it's, maybe it's you, maybe it's Maybelline, maybe it's programming. Most likely it's programming. <laughs> it's probably not Maybelline. Maybelline's probably not the source of all of your issues. Um, <laughs> or why you don't trust your intuition, but maybe you worked at Maybelline. And if you want to vent, I'm always here. Um, I hope Maybelline doesn't get a hold of this. Um, <laughs> but the point is you most likely have some sort of connection in with a programming, a conditioning that has disconnected you from who you are, from your intuition, from your voice. And it's now your job to take that seriously and reconnect with yourself. So all that to say, that is my answer to what is intuition. Please know that it will be double clicked on throughout the course of this podcast. The way to work on it or practice this intuitive skill set will also be double clicked on and developed over the course of this podcast, even over the course of some of the conversations that we're having. I'm sure there will be new emerging different ways to work on this skill set, which makes me so excited to continue to do this. Um, so just to recap, there are numerous different ways that intuition comes forward to us. The ones that get written about a lot are the four clairs, which are claircognition, clairaudience, clairvoyance, and clairsentience. But like I said, there are plenty more where that came from. This is just a place to get you started, to reflect and think about how intuition and the intuitive voice shows up for you. And it could be all, and it could be more. And... Then the way to start to get reconnected is to document your intuitive understanding. So that is who, what, where, why, how, when. Who, what, where, when, why, how. <laughs> I'm just recount. Remember I said I went to school for communication, so I should know that. I should know that order off the top of my head. But essentially writing down everything that comes through about your intuition keeping that in whatever way or method works for you. Um, you can definitely get a notebook that's like specifically for this. Put a folder in your notes app is how I like to do it best because you might get this intuitive knowing on the subway. You might get this intuitive knowing when you're walking. Um, you Oftentimes the intuitive voice does not come when we ask. It comes when we're not paying attention or we're like really in a meditative state, which can happen while you're driving, while you're walking. And um, and so that's why the the phone can be a really helpful place to to put it. And while you're at it, you know, just reflecting on your not only your intuition and how it shows up for you, but how your intuition has been disconnected, how you've been disconnected from yourself or your, from your own intuitive knowing. And, you know, thinking about some of the, the programming and conditioning that comes into play for you, which 
isn't an overnight thing. It's a lifelong study. But this should hopefully get your wheels turning a little bit on intuition and how things show up. Uh, please join me again for our next episode. These will come out weekly. And if you have any questions for me, anything related to intuition, um, anything related to getting to know yourself better, understanding your your programming, your patterns, your conditioning, um, how to listen, how to go go with the information that you're given, how to look for intuitive information, all of that is welcome. And I invite you to meet me over at High Priestess of Brooklyn on Instagram, and we'll talk there. Um, I prefer um, waiting for a, <laughs> a, a question box that I put up periodically. Um, but if your question just can't wait and you want to DM me, like I would love that too. I'm just working on something called boundaries that I'm not very good at. So I tend to respond to things really quickly, but I'm trying not to. So if I happen to not respond to you very quickly, it's because I'm trying to work on boundaries, which is just, I want to be open and honest and transparent, not my strong suit, but I will get better. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll chat there. We'll chat here again. And I'm so, so grateful that you tuned in. If you feel like this, if you feel generous, I would love if you could rate and review and share this podcast with a friend. It's going to stay indie for now. So I know that this is the way that will really grow. And I would super appreciate that support. Um, and I'll see you here here, listen to you here. I'll talk to you here next time.